house. <laughs> so hopefully you were able to find a seat. Um, one thing I love to do every year with my daughter in Advent season is do the Advent wreath. Uh, and this is something that we do uh, we, every Sunday. Maybe it's the Catholic in me growing up. Uh, but we come and after, uh, it's on Sunday evenings, uh, all leading up to Christmas, the four weeks before, you light these four candles and they all signify something, right? And then uh, on Christmas Eve, you light the fifth candle and they all mean something. They all mean different things. Uh, and Liv always wants to light, there's one pink candle, right? There's these other purple candles and there's one pink one. And, and so we always want to light that one pink one. And the whole thing is like, no, you got to wait, right? Like, she's like, I want to light them all now, uh, but we have to wait to light the pink candle on week three, uh, the candle of joy, and so she's just, like, working through it all, and, and, and that's kind of what Christmas is, right? It's this whole anticipation and all of this stuff, and, and I, this picture, just, you can see our friend who's joining us, Mr. Potato Head, right? And, and it just, it's, Christmas is nuts, right? Like, Christmas is so busy, and if you look at the photo careful enough, you're like, Matt, your house is a disaster, all right? right? Like, that is my unfolded laundry that I've moved off of the bed onto the couch, then onto the bed, then onto the couch again, you know? Because uh, it's Christmas, and we're just doing the best we can, and everyone's just in survival mode, and we just got a puppy, and so you can, if you can look, like, we have the carpet is, like, pulled and rolled up so that she doesn't pee on it all the time, you know? And that's just where we're at, but, but we will sit down. And it is important that we sit through and we do this moment, we do this night, and we work through the anticipation of, of Jesus to come and be with us. And so our story begins. So what I wanted to do was I wanted to kind of walk you through the Advent wreath and what these mean. And my hopes in doing so would be to kind of walk us through hopefully something that's really meaningful for you. And this is really, the whole thing is designed to tell the Christmas story. And so our story begins in the absence of a candle, right? It begins in the absence of flames. It begins in darkness. And this is the state of the world, right? No candle is lit to signify Genesis 1. Now the earth was formless and empty. Darkness was over the surface of the deep and the spirit of God was hovering over the waters. Wouldn't you like to see that? Imagine the spirit of God hovering over the entire earth. And God said, let there be light. And so light came over the world, and all of creation was being created. I hope this wick lights before I burn myself. Here we go. I was like, light, 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 focus. Um, right? Let there be light, and there was light, and God filled the earth with wonder, right? He filled it with mountains, and he filled it with volcanoes, and it was filled with waterfalls, but it was also filled with, like, squirrels and garlic, Right? Like weird and wonderful things. And then he created another weird thing, man. And he created a wonderful thing, woman. And, and he was creating all these things. It was awesome and it was beautiful and it was great. And it was so good. But then darkness crept in in the form of deceit and desired. And we disobeyed God and gave in to darkness. And the intimacy that we once had with God of walking in the garden, communing with him, communing with one another was lost. And there was darkness again. And we gave into it. The intimacy we once had was lost, and today we still feel the pain of this fall. Brokenness in our bodies, brokenness in our homes, brokenness in our relationships, brokenness in our hearts, our families, our dreams. And we're not whole. 
And we all know it. We all know it. But God did not intend for his world to forever groan. And God promised to repair his creation, to create a different destiny for us. And he doesn't wait to provide hope. He immediately, as soon as sin comes into the world, he immediately issues a promise. He immediately issues a decree as soon as this all falls. God does not flounder and he does not waver. He speaks. He speaks and a promise is made. And the promise is about Eve and her offspring. And he says this, that I will put enmity, this is God speaking to Satan, put enmity between you and the woman and between your offspring and hers. He will crush your head, though you will strike his heel. God is saying something is a coming. And there is a promise. And this is the first flame in the Advent candle. It is the flame of hope. It is the flame of the promise. And it represents this promise that he made, a hope for a reunion with God that all things were lost, but maybe something will happen. And I just wonder if Eve was like, I wonder which kid it'll be. Maybe it'll be Cain. Maybe it's Abel. Who knows? But nothing would happen for thousands and thousands of years. But how is she to know that? She probably thought one of these would be the Messiah, but it would be, it would be so long. And in the meantime, we get the patriarchs, we get the Abrahams, we get the Isaacs, we get the Jacobs, right? And then that, and they're, they're becoming God's people, and then God's people become captive in Egypt. And so then we get all the Exodus, right? We get the Moses, we get the Aaron, right? We get the Joshua leading God's people out to deliver them, to take them to the promised land. We come into the promised land, we have the judges, names like Gideon and Samson, people that, that weren't kings over God's people, but still rulers and people that would help deliver Israel from oppressors. And then we come into this series of kings where, where Israel was crying out that all of our enemies have kings. We want a king too. We want a king. And so they anoint the first king, King Saul, into David, into Solomon. But the kings become corrupt. And they split the people. And the God and God and his whole kingdoms get split into these two different kingdoms now. And these are the divided kingdoms. Then finally, a prophet comes. See, I just did that to keep your kids entertained. That's the only... The prophet comes. And the prophets start coming. They start prophesying. And they start reminding God's people about what's to come. Isaiah would clarify the promise that God made thousands and thousands of years earlier by saying this. The people walking in darkness have seen a great light. On those living in the land of the deep darkness, a light has dawned. For unto us a child is born, to us a son is given, and the government will be on his shoulders. And he will be called Wonderful Counselor, Mighty God, Everlasting Father, Prince of Peace. Of the greatness of, the, uh, of his government and peace, there will be no end. He will reign on David's throne and over this kingdom, establishing and upholding it with justice and righteousness from that time on and forevermore. The zeal of the Lord Almighty will accomplish this. This was declared over a divided nation, divided, divided largely by politics, right, of this northern southern kingdom. But he was calling them to, remind, to remember that hope is coming. Hope is coming. We have a lobby full of hot chocolate. Hope is coming. A wonderful counselor is coming, a prince of peace, and the government will be on his shoulders, not the other way around. Amen? 
And to this just and righteous reign, there will be no end. And he says, Isaiah says, I know, I know, Israel, it looks bad. It looks bad. There was this promise thousands and thousands of years ago, and you're wondering whatever happened to that. I'm here to remind you, though, as a prophet of God, to hold fast to that promise of what was said so long ago. I know you've been waiting. I know you're losing hope. You're forgetting how to believe. You're looking around at those who have moved on from the idea of a Savior because they're tired and darkness seems to be gaining ground. But hold fast. This is the second flame. It's the flame of the prophets. Those who carried the promise and heralded it, asking the people to remain faithful and to remember. Those like Isaiah who declared the virgin will conceive and give birth to a son and you will call him Emmanuel. Those like Micah who said, from you, O Bethlehem, small among Judah, a ruler will come and he is ancient and strong. People like Zechariah who said, rejoice greatly, daughter Zion, shout, daughter Jerusalem, see your king comes to you, righteous and victorious, lowly and riding on a donkey, on a colt, the foal of a donkey. This is the flame of the prophets, the voices that called out from the wilderness. And perhaps they envisioned that any moment this ruler would come. But the last prophet, Malachi, dies. And for 400 years, there's a period of silence. And these flames dim. Where was this Savior that was so heralded and proclaimed? Because right now Greece is in an occupation in Israel, and now Rome is in an occupation of Israel, and now the religious leaders are getting more and more corrupt, more and more elitist, less and less graceful. Then one night, there were shepherds living out in the fields nearby, keeping watch over their flocks by night. And the angel of the Lord appeared to them, and the glory of the Lord shone around them. Get this lit again. And they were terrified. And the angel said to them, Do not be afraid. I bring you good news that will cause great joy for all people. Today in the town of David, a Savior has been born to you. He is the Messiah, the Lord. He will be assigned to you. You will find a baby wrapped in clothes, living, lying in a manger. And suddenly a great company of the heavenly host appeared with the angel praising God and saying glory to God in the highest heaven and on earth peace to those on whom his favor rests and when the angels had left them and gone into heaven the shepherds said to one another let's go to Bethlehem right I mean like we say boom like an angel hey there's where this happened they're like I gotta go there I don't even know what you're talking about but I have to go because you have to imagine to themselves could it be was that Isaiah dude not crazy was that Jeremiah, dude, actually right? I mean, what is this? So were they not losing their minds? The prophets of old, of hundreds and hundreds of years, we're talking 700 years ago, Isaiah made this prophecy until now it's coming true. 400 years ago when Malachi is saying, small among Judah, this is going to come, right? And so for hundreds of years, y'all, America isn't even like 300 years old yet. So like twice the age of America, they're waiting. And we want to freak out? Over four years? He's got it, y'all. Like, we're good. And so they're waiting, and the shepherds are like, oh, man, what's this going to look like? This is nuts. Maybe the Savior is born. Also, angels exist. 
Right? It's not like, oh, another angel. Dude, is this Gabriel this time or Michael? Like, no, like, this is nuts for them. This is total glory of God. And surely this news they're thinking is for the rulers. Like, didn't you mean to go somewhere else? <laughs> you know you showed up in, like, the sheep field, right? I'm thinking, we're not worthy. But friends, that's who this news is for. Though we were not worthy, the grace and riches of Jesus still came for us. And God sent him to us to be with us, Emmanuel, God with us, dwelling with his creation. And while we were consumed by darkness, he was consumed by love. And so this is the third flame. It's the flame of joy. For Christ has come, and he's come for all. And you may be in here as an obligation. You're like, it's Christmas, I guess I'll go to church. Or, you know, grandma dragged me here. Or, I don't know why you're here. And maybe suppose you think to yourself, this whole thing is for those people that actually come here all the time. The love of Jesus you speak of is for those who were here through the other months. The ones that actually believe all this stuff. You're wrong. His passion is just as real and strong for you. That you could live your entire life doubting him like many did thousands of years ago as these flames dimmed. Yet he still came even in all their doubt and he comes even in all of yours. And whatever brokenness you bring to the table, I promise you he cleans it. Whatever baggage you bring in here of, oh God, what's this going to look like? What's this going to be? I'll tell you what it looks like. It looks like a savior who just gave it all for you. Not that you like pull it all up and hopefully get yourself right and start getting all the right programs and all that mess. No, that you would... Just love him. Man, it's that easy. That you could go your entire life doubting him, yet this whole sacrifice is still just as real and just as good for you as it is for me up here. No different. That he still subjected himself to the hate and torture of those who doubted him at that time. This isn't new for him. He's not scared of your doubt. <laughs> Give me a break. Because his love was stronger than their doubt and fear. This is good news. This is your good news, not our church people good news. The infinite in an infant. The promise was actually true. It actually happened. And the Lord has come and with him a different kind of destiny for you. And it begs a response, which is our fourth candle. And the response is love. Don't you do it. I didn't mean to, there we go. And it's not just a love of one for another, right? I think, you know, it's not just, hey, my love for you, our love for each other. This is really a picture, and this candle signifies the love that God has for us, and that we then return in a love for him. It's not about us. It's about our relationship with the Lord, the flame of love, that we are called to place our faith in a king. And you're like, yeah, but he's a baby. <laughs> but what kind of baby is this? Who would this baby be? Who does he signify? What does he represent? I'll tell you in Psalm 24, the psalmist will say it this way. Yahweh claims the world is his. Everything and everyone belong to him. He is the one who pushed back oceans to let the dry ground appear, planting firm foundations for the earth. Who then is allowed to ascend the mountain of Yahweh? And who has the privilege of entering into God's holy place? Who are clean? 
Those who are clean, whose works and ways are pure, whose hearts are true and sealed by the truth, whose never deceive, whose words are sure, they will receive Yahweh's blessing and righteousness given by the Savior God. This is all covered. We come in this way blameless because Jesus does this for us. But they will stand before God. They will seek their pleasure of God's face, the God of Jacob. So wake up! You living gateways, lift up your heads, you doorways of eternity. Welcome the King of glory, for he is about to come through you. You ask, who is this King of glory? Yahweh, armed and ready for battle. Yahweh, invincible in every way. Amen? So wake up, you living gateways, and rejoice. Fling wide, you eternal doors. Here he comes. The glory of God is ready to come in. Did you know this was in the Bible? You ask, who is the king of glory? He is Yahweh, armed and ready for battle. The mighty one, the invincible commander of heaven's hosts. Yes, he is the king of glory. I don't know what lie you heard that told you that Jesus was weak, meek, and a sissy. He's not. He comes meek and humble to us to save us. Christmas is not a story about a baby that became a king. It's a story about a king that became a baby. And in so doing, makes you royalty. Who does that? God does that. Nothing else in your world does that, I promise you. And so open your heart to him. Wake up, fling wide your gate, friends. And let the king of glory in. Open your heart to him. Simply declare, Jesus, oh, how I love you. There's one more flame. This is the flame of adoration, often call, oftentimes called the flame of light. And this flame is our response to all of this. It's the simple thing. This is the one you light on Christmas Eve. Once all this is accomplished, the prophecy, you see all of this has come true, man, then you just sit and you breathe and you adore who he is. Perhaps after all of this, King David says it best, who am I that you were mindful of me? Or Micah when he said, who is a God like you? And Micah says this in the context of of what Jesus does for him in parting the oceans and parting the seas. Not parting, but literally casting his sin into the depths of the sea. Is what Micah says. And so before you, what can be said? We simply adore him for what he's done. And rightly place our faith in him. No longer doomed to the purposelessness to a wasted existence, no longer bound to the nothingness, but a joyful eternity, a new creation. This is Christmas, that in a dark world, a light came. As Jesus said, I am the light of the world. Whoever follows me will never walk in darkness. It may get dim. It may get tough. It may get rough. But it will never be darkness. Whoever follows me will never walk in darkness, but will have the light of life. And so here's the deal. There will be a sixth candle, if you will, right, if there's liturgy in heaven. Um, 
Because we're still living in, in biblical times. Like we, we're really just living in the next chapters of Acts right now. We're not done with God's glory and with God's plans. Because he will come again. There's a sixth candle of his return. Of the great king coming back for his people. And he will not come in weakness. He will come in glory. And we will light another one as we sing in a different way. Come, thou long expected Jesus. It's a different kind of hymn. That now we sing today. Not just of, of this Christ child coming. But now of a king of glory coming down. Ascending from his throne to rule over us. Save us and bring us into eternal glory with him. Would y'all stand here tonight? So we're about to sing, Come Thou Long Expected Jesus. And I think my, my hope for you would be to sing it in that spirit. Of man, all this has been accomplished, right? Of, of the promise that he made back in Genesis to the prophets proclaiming it in a world that had forgotten what faith was like. But then he comes in joy to people like shepherds, to people like you and I who potentially didn't deserve it, I know didn't deserve it. And so then we react with love for one another and then an adoration of him and to know that coming soon on the clouds we will again adore the Lord of love, Jesus Christ. So let's continue to worship tonight. And I just pray that you would, that this would be a comfort to you. That maybe your life is kind of in between candles one and two. I mean, I heard that promise. But some time has gone by and I've forgotten. You are not lost. You are here. You are wrapped by him. Man, he gets it. He knows. It's why he came this way. Hebrews says that we have a that we have a Christ who is able to sympathize with us in every weakness. You know how he's able to do that? Because he came as a baby. There's nothing he went through that you have not. He gets it. He knows. It's why he came the way he did. So that you would be fully known, fully dwelt with in him. And so tonight, worship him. I mean, don't ask him for a bunch of stuff right now. I know he, he desires, he doesn't, he doesn't not want you to ask him for stuff. But man, just for a minute, just for like a song or two, just adore him and want him and expect him amen
Those walking in darkness have seen a great light. Amen. If y'all got any wax on my new chairs, I'm coming to your house. All right? This smile is, so watch it. Hey, today would y'all go with God's peace. May the Lord bless you and keep you. May the Lord make his face shine upon you, be gracious unto you. Would the Lord look upon you with his favor and grant to you his everlasting peace. Amen? Here's what I want you to do. You can blow out your candles now. And then you can drop them off in the bins that you got them in. And hey, we'll see y'all in like two days. Uh, <laughs> all right. Merry Christmas, guys. We'll see y'all.